Hey, I heard you had a show coming up. Yeah, this weekend you coming? Dude, I will be there. Nice. So you got your tickets? Oh, not yet. I'm gonna get them tomorrow, though. The show's sold out. Don't worry. I, I got you on the guest list. Oh man, you're the best. Can I get a plus one? Uh, don't push your luck. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another week of On the Guest List with Fox Trot and the Get Down and White Sox Dave. With you from the band today, as always, is your boy Colin. I want to introduce everybody individually because everybody has something amazing going on in their lives. Everybody clap it up when I introduce them. Uh, first off, we have returning from Florida from a fucking shitty vacation. We have Ken Bianco. How are we doing, buddy? Great. I was getting drunk at Key West. I don't know how shitty that Yo, fucking but... Ken's vaccinated, too. Fully vaccinated. Fully so vaccinated. Roam the world. Are you like an anti-vaxxer now? Like just being in Florida, like are you like a part of that crew now? No, I was fully vaccinated, so the Florida crazies couldn't they couldn't even penetrate me with their COVID or whatever. Penetrate you with the yeah. COVID. All right. they were talking about Key West is a crazy island. So I've heard Key West is crazy. Uh up next for the introductions, the hottest gambler on earth, proud owner of five thousand new dollars thanks to Barstool Moron Madness, Mr. Dave Williams. Dave, how we doing, buddy? I just added it up 17 of my last 20. Jesus Christ, dude. 17 of my last 20, five grand, and I got another about three grand on top of that that I've made like out of my own money. So it's been, it was about an $8,000 weekend for me. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, I expect <laughs> you living under an overpass in two weeks because you're going to blow it all. Probably. <laughs> uh, no, I, I consider that I'm going to reinvest this. I'm going to, I'm going to have enough to put a nice down payment on a condo overlooking the lake. There you go. Uh, in the, I would say within two to three weeks. I'm gonna. I'll. I'll, ha- I'll have fifty thousand dollars within two to three weeks from this fucking app. Dude, listen. You might have fifty thousand dollars, but we're still working on your bar cords, so like, don't get too high and mighty. And uh, and then our co-host and our pick of the week this week. You may know him from fitness. You may know him from AWOL Nation. You may know him from his new solo stuff. Please welcome the Honorable Mr. Kenny Carkey. Kenny, how the fuck are we, buddy? What's up? <laughs> Kenny, are you actually Very Honorable? No, I mean, no, I didn't give myself that name. He gave me that name. I didn't. That's a fact. That was facetious as fuck. Uh, Kenny's, <laughs> Kenny's one of my favorite people in the music industry. Uh, Kenny's a fucking great guy. Never forgets to vape. Never forgets to smoke weed. He's just a fucking great guy. Uh, Kenny, what's been going on, buddy? You know, hanging, chilling, raging, shredding, the usual man, making <laughs> tunes, mixing songs, doing all types of stuff, trying to build a weed farm. You know, just the usual kind of L.A. stuff. You're, yeah, you you're trying to build a weed farm. Can you ship that, like on the internet or over like over state borders i mean listen you can ship anything you want really but like no not legally <laughs> so, so need- what what is it what do i got to do to get my hands on some just come to la come you to the, la man it's recreational here you get into la and you'll just is it is in chicago too so oh yeah but i can't do we don't have interstate sales yet because like oh, people are still against mm-hmm. it even though seven states legalized it for recreational this last november it's no it's crazy. legalized in, in pennsylvania too i'm trying to get yeah. my so mom let's see legal in your place legal in my place legal in your place you know what i mean like it's dumb if it wasn't so evil you know if it didn't corrupt so people evil, so man. much Those man, goddamn you know? potheads and all their violence you know <laughs> it dude the amount of money that the state of illinois has made on it so far is like fucking crazy it's the fact that Weed and gambling is not completely and totally federalized. Blows my mind. Absolutely. Blows it's, the cra- mind. it's the craziest thing. I mean, I have, I have yet to really meet anybody that's against any of that. It's so not I don't a, know where no, all this comes right from. Or left. 
well, you know the rule, right? Like, if you smoke weed, it automatically turns you into Antifa, so they can't legalize it. They, That's I true. I have that, read I saw that. that I've read that a few times in a couple different articles. <laughs> All right. So, uh, very happy to have Kenny here. Very happy to have a little squad in the building. Uh, last couple of weeks, we've been talking about the Grammys. Thank God that's fucking over. We can get back to normal conversation. Uh, but it's back. Who the fuck the... cares about the Grammys? That was our conversation, <laughs> yeah, that bro. Was... That was our fucking conversation. <laughs> Nobody gives a shit about the Grammys. Nobody cares about the Grammys, man. It's like nowadays you can have an artist that has 250 million streams and you've never heard of them. It's like, why do they give a fuck what you think about Facts. your music? They're doing just fine, son. Facts, dude. Well, I mean, we we talked a lot about that. And you know Wendy Rollins, right? From, yeah, oh, from yeah. Our, Wendy's the best, dude. Yo, I Wendy, love Wendy. Wendy was like the most hardcore one on here. Like, nah, I didn't watch the Grammys. Fuck the Grammys. And I was like, all right, Wendy, let's go. <laughs> it's a fucking joke, man. Let me let you. Yeah, I base the level of my art on some random person I don't know's opinion. How does that make sense? It I know, that, that's the world we're living it's in. All, right? It's all just a bunch of fucking mega famous people just jerking each other off and i fucking hate it oh that's my god every- guys taylor swift on record of the year that's so insane i would have never have guessed that would have Dude, ever fucking happened and then she went record of the year it. like 2003 she uh, fucking gets up and like like looks around like she's surprised she won it's like dude you're oh my god. fucking swift <laughs> holy shit i had no idea here's my thank you list well, we had a conversation last week about what if we did win a Grammy? And I said, I would have an Egyptian scroll of all my haters. And I would just go up there and just fucking read them off. Kenny, if you won a Grammy, who would you thank, dude? Did you win a Grammy for sale? No, fuck no, dude. We didn't even get nominated <laughs> for a Grammy. We have the second longest charting song in history. We didn't even get nominated. You know what, though? My boys in 21 Pilots, mm. love my guys. They went to the Grammys and they went... Uh, pantsless yeah Listen, they took off they, their pants right they said because they said when they were kids they're like if we ever get to the grammys that's what we're gonna do and like i mean talk about non-cowardness to a next level it's awesome dude i would just be so worried about a wardrobe malfunction like i was gonna pull my pants down and like yeah, i was right, just yeah. gonna flash the entire crowd get out but, of the you got out of the pool <laughs> we should do this if we win a grammy we'll go on stage someone hikes it to someone else they throw it like a football and we spike, spike it, it. Spike the, the shit crowd. out of the ground. Gronk, Gronk spike it and just like walk, off the, walk off the field. That's so a great far, idea. So far, our, our plan is that I'm going to... We told a story last week about how uh, we got thrown out of a record label in New York when we were like first coming up. Uh, so I was going to just read that lady's name and then leave. But now we take the Grammy and we Gronk spike it. So I feel like that's that that would be legendary. Like I think that's exactly right, But I'll still it. say thank you. I'll be like, thank you so oh, much you for this. Right. And then spike it. Spike then, the like, what can they say? All right, well, I, I think we've, we've got our plan out. I think this is good. Figured it out. We figured it out. So going back through, uh, we, oh, by the way, we have not only Kenny today, but we have an amazing fucking interview with one of my favorite people we've talked to thus far, Mark Robert from fucking OAR. Amazing guy. Dave tells the story on the podcast, but Dave literally just DM'd the guy, and like a half an hour later, was like, he was like, yeah, man, fuck it, let's go. It was awesome. It was awesome. Great guy. And then on top of that, we're also going to be playing Kenny's most recent single and talking about that as well. Great fucking! I don't even want to give you any compliments, but it's a great song, Kenny. Thanks, babe. Appreciate it. No problem, buddy. So let's get into our overarching conversation today before segments. Uh, Like I said, slow time in music. We're not really handling a lot. Right now, Cardi B's Up is the number one song in the country. I think that tells you about what's getting released right now. Not much. But one thing that I thought we could grasp onto coming out of the Grammy talks is the opposite of the Grammys. We're not going to talk about when people fucking reach the pinnacle. I want to talk about the grind. Mark Robert gave a great conversation about some of like the grimier times, like the times when they were up and coming and they were working their ass off to make it. And I figured there's nobody better to talk to about that than fucking Kenny, because me and Kenny have talked previously about this. Kenny, what was life like with AWOL Nation before you guys made it? 
I mean, it was <laughs> God. Where do you even where do you even start? You know, I mean, it started in fucking trash cans. You know, like we didn't we didn't none of us owned instruments. We didn't own guitars. Jesus. We didn't own drums. True story. We had to rent everything in each city we went to. So every night it was a different guitar with a different amp with a different drum kit and a different what? everything because we didn't, we were on a bus before we ended up buying gear. Jesus it was because it just it went so fast that we went from poor pieces of pure shit, you know, <laughs> to like a decent sized touring band so fast that like we weren't, you know, we didn't even have gear for it. Be honest with me, yo. If it happened in 2021, would you have been selling feet pics at that point? Like, would you have been on OnlyFans, like trying to make your ass clap? Like, I bet you, you he is. I could tell just by looking at him, he is. <laughs> Listen, uh, I'm in that top 0.5%. I don't know if you might be able to find me on there. It's literally called Ass Clapper. You'll see me in there. <laughs> Brown okay. collapsion. Bro, Kenny ass clap car key is where we're going now. Let's talk about some grind shit. So I know you had to come up and you had to grind, right? And what I oh, want to yeah. do is kind of individually go Foxtrot, go Dave. Because Dave isn't a musician, but Dave has had to go through a fucking process to make it to Barstool. And then I want to talk Kenny. But what we're going to do first is I'm going to read off and quickly recap the top five grimiest grind stories in Foxtrot's history. So... At number five, Ken, please corroborate these or tell me if I'm wrong. Number five is the time we played to two people in New York City at pianos uh, during a Legionnaire's disease breakout in the summer. So it was 105 degrees, no AC. We played to five people. And then the owner of the venue sent us an email and gave us shit about the fact that we only brought two people out. Uh, so that's number five. Fuck that place. Fuck people. I also I, lost my wallet. That oh, that was when we got lost coming home, too. We went over the Brooklyn Bridge twice because we got backtracked and Ken lost his wallet. He threw a fucking temper tantrum. It was amazing. Isn't it like 50 bucks just to get over the Brooklyn Bro, Bridge? Bro, it was fucking out outrageous. Ken, Ken lost his mind. Yeah. Uh, number four. Uh, the name of the story is Eric and the Sock. Uh, we were touring through Alabama and I blew the bathroom up at a rest stop and then left no toilet paper. And then Eric... Uh, went in and came out sockless. I've so, been there. I'm sure we've all been there, but I've just been the, there. the grimiest tour days. Uh, number three is the Temple University party. Me and Ken, along with our original drummer, played a show, to, uh, or didn't actually want to play a show at a Temple University frat house uh, where the band before us destroyed all of our gear. And then uh, the fire department showed up and we were also threatened with a fucking 12 foot stepladder. We were walking down to leave the house, and this kid, I guess, who lived there, was fighting off a crowd with a step with a ladder. Not even it was a, a twelve ladder. foot ladder. And I remember we. He were was also to crying. Leave, I want to bring and it up. A full <laughs> beer came and smoked me in the face. Smoked you in the beer. face. Number two, uh, we slept in a garage outside of a venue in Kentucky. Uh, we didn't have a hotel, and they told us we could sleep in their fucking garage, which was, like, filled with, like, fucking mannequins and, like, VHS cassette tapes. It was a fucking nightmare. It was a ping-pong table. Though, it was so. a ping-pong table, and Ken fell asleep on concrete because the air mattress deflated. Uh, and then number <laughs> one, this is my favorite, like, fucking story of, like, being a musician and, like, getting treated like shit, and, but, like, it's also, like, a story. One time, we flew to Nashville because this fucking big manager told us that we were going to be a huge band. We paid for our own flights played the show he basically told us that we sucked and we needed to fire our drummer and he never signed us so then the next day we flew back home and southwest airlines ran over erica's keyboard and smashed it into a million pieces uh so not only did we not get signed the guy told us we sucked we needed to fire our drummer and uh we paid for it we all ourselves even, we weren't even there for a day we got in early afternoon caught a nap went played the show and probably came back midnight that night yeah yeah we flew back that night so yeah uh those are five grimy as foxtrot stories kenny i know you've been reaching the research like the recesses of your mind but give me some for yourself 
Uh, okay, here's a, I got a couple here for you. Um, AWOL Nation, when we played, we had played like two shows in our lives or whatever, and we were, ended up having to do a label showcase. And I think this was for Red Bull, I think, right? They they booked us at this place called Crazy Girls, which is a strip, strip club, club yeah. in L.A. where they shot Girls, 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 Motley Crue. We paid the strippers not to dance, and there's <laughs> nobody there but a couple label people in the Russian mafia, literally, who own the bar there. That was the grimiest shows I've definitely been a part of. After AWOL, after getting to play some of the biggest shows known to man, I go back to the beginning with fitness and start over. And I was just thinking about when we played the basement of a Domino's pizza in El Paso, Texas Hell to yeah. nobody but the other bands. Oh, yeah. Those Did are good times. Dying, That's you know? fucking grimy. Yeah, that's oh. what I'm talking about. Wait, how, where does the where does the uh, what did you say Domino's Pizza? Where does that even come into play? Why there? <laughs> I well, it's well, it's a it's like you have to walk up to the front door of Domino's Pizza and then turn left <laughs> and go downstairs to this pure hellhole of a place in El Paso, Texas. God, I remember remember one time we had a day off in like God, where was it? Somewhere in Kansas, and it was so miserable. So awful that I was in such a bad mood that everybody else, like the Congos guys and fitness guys, everybody's like, bro, what is happening? You have the worst attitude today. I'm like, this fucking place fucking sucks. I fucking hate it. We got to get out of here. Yo, there is nothing that builds character in the music industry quite like playing a show to just the other musicians. Like, you're all all looking at each other like, yeah, no, our people are coming. Don't worry about it. Shit, before AWOL, I used to like play these open mic nights and I would like sleep in my car until like 3 a.m. and then go on stage for 10 minutes and then go back to my car and go to sleep till the next morning because I was living in my fucking car. You know, it's like, go through some shit, man. Dave, is this all shocking to you to hear like what people have to go through to become a fucking musician? <laughs> yes and no. Um, <clears throat> fuck, man. No, not really. Because like, I feel, <clears throat> especially, especially guys like you guys who have gotten to know pretty well, um, I mean, I take one look at Kenny and I can just tell he he's a grinder. And I mean that in, a, in a, the best way possible. Yeah, you wear the years Amen, on your face. Very well, I mean, th- this is what I'm getting at. You guys are normal fucking guys. Like, you're not Katy Perry and Taylor Swift. If you're only, not bro. marketable. What, what's marketable? Look at how ugly you guys are. You guys as soon have as the Illuminati grind. approaches me, I'm in. Oh, my God, dude. I will literally, I'll start sacrificing people. ASAP my soul is sold. Bro. It's on layaway. <laughs> I would. Oh, I I am one thousand percent for sale in every single way. Yo, I'm about to call the Illuminati and get Dave's. I, I want Dave's fucking promise backed up, dude. Dave's I'll get just, tatted up. Don't they put like ass tats on the Illuminati? Like, what is it? The so they can track you? No, no, no. It's like it's like a you you get a branding, not a brand. I don't know. I'm I'm. Bro, what Illuminati website are you on? on an asshole of like a cult, and I think it's the Illuminati, but I don't know. I might make be making Illuminati ass tattoo. That's a good band. Illuminati ass tattoo sounds like an EP. That's it's like it's like the Marine Corps tattoo you get on your on your heart or whatever, but it's on your. I'm ass. I'm gonna put that on my list of band names, which yeah, I've been collecting since high school. Like no shit, I've been collecting <laughs> since high school. Tattoo. You should see how fucking long. This that's list all is. band names. Hold on. <laughs> Read a couple off. <laughs> oh my god. Read a couple off. Oh shit! The first one I looked at. <laughs> what was it? Okay, I'll give you a few. Bulimic Boy Scouts. <laughs> Lil Shardy. 
is a good one. <laughs> Masturbatorium. <laughs> Land shrimp. <laughs> On your mark, get set, terrible. <laughs> Jerry fuck pounder. <laughs> Forever until yesterday. Clan chowder. <laughs> Coke horse with cold sores. Okay, well, hold on. <laughs> it go all day. Land or, shrimp is my he's favorite. just popping your head. There's got to be a story behind each and every one of these. Uh, honestly, it's just been a commitment to every time I think of one. I write it down. Taekwondo Ray Me. <laughs> Yo, land shrimp has me. Like that's it. If you like land shrimp, you'll like submerged birds. Or birds in a submarine. Funky jizz and the hung dick swingers. <laughs> Oh my god. Funky dick in the land. Was it Funky Bird? <laughs> oh no, no, no. It was where, where did it go? Funky jizz and the hung dick swingers. Yo, imagine the fact that you walk into Kenny's fucking studio and there's gold records on the fucking wall, but he's sitting around talking about fucking land shrimp. And and funky jizz balls hung dick. Horse divorce. <laughs> oh my fuck. All Free those range things, people. Anyway. All those are on. better than Fox trotting to get down. <laughs> Same with fitness, bro. Max and I, when we started fitness, we were like, let's name it fitness. And we're like, yeah, but that's going to be fucking impossible to find. Nobody's ever going to find us. And we go, good. Fuck the system. We don't fucking care. We're too good for that. Immediate regret. For the next Instant. three years, entire regret that we named that fucking band fitness. God damn it. All right. So hold on. You guys are coming out of bands called AWOL Nation and Eve Six, and you're mad about fitness. <laughs> Yeah, uh -huh. yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, real quick, before we move on to segments or, or before we move on to Dave's grimy stories, I need to know, can you just give us a quick update on what the fuck is going on with Max? If anybody's listening, we're talking about Max from Eve 6, who was a bandmate of Kenny's, who's now running Twitter. What the fuck is going on? Man, Max just finally found his voice. I mean, not, <laughs> man, didn't find his voice, but like he removed the filter from his professional life. And it was the best thing he had ever done because now it's like his audience is growing every single day because he's not a coward and he's saying all the shit that he wants to say right in people's faces. Like, Dude. your band is awful. <laughs> like, he he just great. fucking reaches boiling point and I fucking love it. <laughs> yeah, he does. Exactly. exactly. And I'm here for it. And everybody else is. And it just goes to show you that, like, people are so fucking sick of, like, Eh, fucking sad, whatever the fuck. Like, come on, man. Give me something good. Bro, Dave works for Barstool Sports. I don't think we have to worry about that. I'm pretty sure we have yeah. the fucking green light to do whatever the fuck we want here. I mean, to an, to an extent, yeah. To an extent, yeah. I'm not but saying even, we're gonna... like, I say shit. Like, I, I do curb myself now, which I hate doing. I hate doing. Bro, we've been curbing ourselves for, like, fucking six years. You know, every time I think about doing anything, my instant thought, like, when I was thinking about, like, Holy shit, if I say something wrong, it's going to be the end of the fucking world. Now I'm just like... I, Max's dude. best tweet, bans these days will consult their managers before making a political post. Fact. Big time like, fact. Get the, come on, man. How about just, I dare you to be yourself? I dare you to be yourself. Bro, if you be, be yourself, yourself you, you wind up being the banjo player from Monford and Sons. <laughs> dude, people were like, what are you, you going to release your, your new solo music under? And I go... Kenny Karki. They're like, wow, really? You're not gonna I'm like, why the fuck am I gonna put a fucking name just for them to find out who I am anyway? Like, yeah. enough is enough. Just be yourself, be whoever the fuck you are, and if that ain't enough, then whatever. I can't believe you didn't put it under like horse jizz or whatever it was you oh, yeah. horse, horse, horse cock balls. Bro, this motherfucker, he just gave me a name of like 70 band names and he went up naming his solo. Queef Latina. Queef Latina. <laughs> 
<laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Yo. All right. So, uh, Rupert, he ended, Rupert, yeah, and then he landed on fitness, <laughs> which might be the best. Well, okay. So, the, the original name, though, was Wicked Fitness. Ah. And we dropped the wicked. <laughs> All right. So, before we get fucking too deep into this, Dave, real quick. So, we always talk about your history in uh, cubicle jobs, and you're not in the music industry yet. Oh, by the way, Kenny, you're now on the hook to be a teacher of Dave's. You, along with like, yeah. Uh, Chris, everybody else yeah you with chris from fucking uh Foo Foo fighters. fighters we got fucking cory wong well, shiffy? From, yeah shiffy we got cory wong from wolfpack we got fucking marco bears from oar we need you to be in there and you need to be just like the lifestyle Done. coach Lo- yeah, lifestyle I, guru. like i i when i'm interviewing guests i'm i kind of sort of keep it buttoned up and you get on and within 10 seconds, I'm like, I'm going to give this guy just shit nonstop tonight. Yeah, as you, never sh- as you should, to as you should, I've never really, said here's a word the thing. If I'm giving you shit, it's a sign of affection. And we oh, all yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Thank For you. Sure. <laughs> yeah. If you, if you come on here and we're like legitimately like me and Kenner and, and David, it's like, yeah, man. So it's very nice to have you here today. We don't trust you. But the fact that we came on and you started talking about Queef Latina and yeah. like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, and so, jizz. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Ass, ass. Well, um, guys, guys, you know, we just, I've been working on this record really hard for a long time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just have something that I want exactly. to say. And like, I just, you know, I'm trying to reach out and like, uh, you know, Justin Bieber's new record, Justice, that starts off with Martin Luther King's speech, but actually doesn't say anything about race or anything like that. That's kind of what I'm about these days. So I just want you guys to know that I have a cause I'm not a part of, but I fight for. Are you yeah, fucking kidding? Me. Yo, I, I do on. it publicly. I yo, do it on. publicly. I, yo, I have another. I have another great name for uh, your list. Can you just name one performative activist? That's like, a good one. A good Man, one right check there. this out. <laughs> he's putting it in the fucking phone. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Uh, Dave, before we move into segments, uh, give me your shittiest. Jo- We've talked about your shittiest job, but give me a <laughs> yeah. Shittiest I mean, story. I, I've had some shit jobs, but I was my entire life. I've never not been broke until about two, three years ago, <laughs> and I'm talking like broke, broke. Like fucking broke. Um, like and negative. I was I was going out with this girl one time, and um, we weren't we weren't really dating. We were dating, but not dating. She was she was from Chicago, lived out of town. She had a and I brought her out one day. And have you guys seen Half Baked? Yeah, Dave Chappelle. Yeah. You know when he's out with Mary Jane and he's like doing the math with all the cash in his head, and he like robs the fucking guy yeah. uh, to like add back to the fucking amount of money. I had like 70 bucks on me and we were doing all of Chicago and I'm like, all right, fucking, all right. I got about $30 at Uber. We can get ice cream. That'll probably cost 15. We could go up to the top of this year's tower. That's like 10 bucks. I got like 20 bucks left. And I was doing this the entire fucking day, the entire day. Did you pull it off? <laughs> well, here I am single with a dog at 32. So no. Hey, I did. No, I did pull. I pulled it off by like 82 cents. It was all it was all in my credit card, so she couldn't see how broke I was because it physically was just a card. Oh, you were, hitting, you were hitting your credit limit, or was this oh, like a yeah. debit card? Oh yeah, he's like, I want to take those insufficient. It was credit. Charges. I was tab. I was maxing that credit card out. My checking account was probably red. It was probably red. I probably owed the bank for like bouncing checks and shit. But uh, oh, I mean, I did all that, and now I'm just so stupid with my money because I have a. I mean. A little disposable income these days, not much, but um, I can at least have fun with it. And but go it was, wild, girl. It was, it was yeah, a grind to get to yourself, that point, dude. Hey, yeah, it's you're so, on that hot streak. Exactly, you're on the hot streak, dude. You're good. I think this Any, is like a- anytime I buy something, I tell myself. I'm a fucking adult and I'll <laughs> do whatever the fuck I want. And you don't even, you verbalize it too. 
Do I do? I say it out yeah. loud to the cashier yeah, when a... they're judging me on my purchase. <laughs> Who the fuck are you to judge me on this purchase? All right, sir, that'll be eighty-three dollars for this forty-seven packs of condoms. And he's like, you I fucking treat this. yourself, Kenny. He's like, oh my god. I'm it's like when I get the wrong himself. package from Amazon, I don't return it. I just take the L and move on. Facts, big time facts. Until you get your like wrong copy of a book that you're gonna get canceled. I bought a three hundred dollar computer chair the other day because I bought it. I bought a two thousand dollar PC like oh, two weeks ago, and uh, I'm so fucking lazy that I haven't gone to the fucking the the package room, the delivery room, and brought the 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 seat up upstairs yet. Because I just don't feel like dollars on a chair. I'm fucking waiting at the door for it. Like I'm gonna yeah, make the, I, I'm gonna make the I Amazon just don't feel like together. carrying this big awkward box up the elevator and stuff and moving it 10 feet yeah that sounds together. like shit it I sounds like hire somebody to bring it up you know what is the worst fucking thing on the on the planet what? exercise what? <laughs> lifting heavy shit yeah lifting absolutely i agree sucks ass disagreed Dis oh i hate it. like i'll never touch a weight set again fuck that noise <laughs> Kenny's ever here, like doing push-ups. He's just fucking doing push-ups and smoking weed. Yeah, right. Just it. eating M and M's and fucking smoking weed. Oh, speaking um, of which. Wait. Oh yeah. Don't forget the beef. Do we talk about this? You're not reminding me, dude. There's a thing that we talked about before this podcast. You know, we need to make that's Ken's responsibility. Every two minutes, he has to be like, uh, "Excuse me, Kenny. Don't forget to vape." <laughs> Thanks, bros. Thanks, my bro, bros. Vape. Vape, vape, vape. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, all right, so let's move into segments. Long and short of that, we kind of got off the tra uh, off the trails there, but like every musician and everybody should have a fucking story about grimy shit they did. You shouldn't go right to being a fucking platinum selling artist. You should live through the shitty times. So any artist living out there, just remember. Embrace the grind. Embrace the grind, dude. Fucking, oh, dude, that should be a t-shirt. We should be fucking selling oh, that for a motivational yeah. quote, bro. Motivational quote. You know what I'm talking about? Kenny's a big motivational quote guy. Monetize your motivational speaking. <laughs> fucking was, nail it, dude. Yeah, dude. When I was in the studio with Kenny, we were working on a song, and all he did was read Joel Osteen books to me the entire time we were in there. <laughs> well, Wait, that's you know, that psycho from like Houston, right? Yeah, he's the he's the my, my dad used to read Joel Osteen a lot, so that's all you need to know that you shouldn't be fucking reading that shit. Who doesn't look at that fucking guy and go? I don't trust you, you fuck. <laughs> he looks like fucking Tim the Toolman Taylor. Bro, he looked if, if like uh, a, Bro, the, the, the he is the literal physical manifestation of like a snake oil salesman. Like, oh he yes. Looks like, he looks like he's gonna try and sell me beachfront property in Idaho, dude. Like he's just, it'd be a timeshare. He's a timeshare. He's a timeshare, yeah, hundred percent. He's right. worth like hundreds of millions of dollars too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's, he's good a, at it. He owns the fucking uh, old Rockets Arena. Yeah, it's he, like 60,000 seats or something. He wouldn't open it up to like Hurricane Katrina. And he wouldn't hold it up. Whatever. Dog, fucking. All right. Shout out Joel Osteen. Uh, let's go into on our list, off our list this week. Uh, I'm going to start, then Ken, then uh, Dave, and then Kenny. Then we'll do off the list. Uh, for my on the list, this is actually kind of a serious one. I'm shouting out the fucking weekend uh, because he just put House of Balloons, which was his debut fucking major breakthrough mixtape on streaming services for the first time. Fucking great mixtape totally changed the sound of r&b it is the most fuck if you listen to the words the most depraved coked out fucking twisted r&b shit and i fucking love it so shout out to abel should have got your grammy ken who's on your list dave you're on my list you oh! want me you dave i'm on your list weekend so oh yeah that's true i won you 500 bucks yeah dude for, for everybody who's wondering white Sox dave is riding the heater of a lifetime and ken's been following all his pace. i just added up i think i started the show with that 17 of my last 20 i uh, won five grand on moron madness for barstool with brandon walker and um 
it's it's I cannot lose a basketball game. Let's and then the funny, like I'm just Saturday. picking them out of a hat. I'm like hot out. <laughs> I'm rolling reds every fucking hand right now on the roulette you, table. Do you, are you sitting near wood? Are you sitting? Are you sitting at a wood table? I'm a fake wood table. Fucking because I'm too poor to buy real wood table. Still. <laughs> All right, Dave. Who's on your? It looks list? like wood. Uh, I had March Madness. It's the best time of year. Fucking best month of the year. I think uh, weather's changing. I, I know, I'm, we're assholes that live in the Midwest and East Coast, not L.A. Kenny. Yeah, yeah Kenny, yeah. how many days a year is not sunny in 75 for you? Three, maybe four. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Shit. Exactly. Is um, that getting monotonous? <laughs> is it like, is it like, does it suck living in paradise from time to time? No, never. It's never an issue. <laughs> Man, fuck you, dude. All right, finish never your pick, issue. Dave. He's so fucking matter of fact. I don't even know what I was talking about. Uh, he's like, no. Like, nah, fuck no. Like, why um, would you live anywhere else? Hey, I don't understand why there's a question here because everybody, <laughs> we fucking, we know what it is, you know? Yeah, it's fact. Big time fact. Oh. All right, so March Madness is on Dave's list. Kenny, who's on your fucking guest list this week? Uh, well, I, it's funny. That's related to the last thing we were saying. My uh, off the guest list would be the entire season of winter. The Facts. months. Well, all, like I maybe mean, I could get, I could lose January and February and probably the first half of March for good just to never exist and never happen again, because it really cuts <laughs> into my surfing time and my weed growing time. And, and, I, and I'm not into it. So we're coming out of it now. You know what I mean? So as I look back on winter, fuck you, you're off the list. What's winter for you? Like fucking 60? That's freezing cold. That's Dude, like turn all the, the heaters fuck? on. I had blankets, shorts on jackets. walking around Chicago today, and it was like 64, 65 degrees. No, see, I'd have probably hand warmers in my pockets of my winter <laughs> parka that I'd be wearing if it gets below 60. You're a piece of shit. You're from Florida, right? True story. That's why I don't do the cold well, because in Florida, it never gets below like 70. Yeah. Back. Yeah, that's... Oh. I'm an Asian tropical race from Florida <laughs> that lives in SoCal. Cold? I've never done cold, dude. Why uh, would I do cold? My friends send me pictures. They're like, hey, look, I'm in Massachusetts using my snowblower. And I'm like, why? <laughs> what? You don't what have to. I didn't, con- you? I didn't consider the fact that a- a- Kenny's an Asian dude from Florida who lives in L.A. So he probably t- doesn't know anything about winter. Nope. Don't want okay, to. Okay. Don't need to. It's right, Don't a- care. All right, asshole. So you answer who's off your list. Who's on your list? Anybody? Vaping? Who would be on my list? Uh, <laughs> yeah. You know what? The company Jewel. <laughs> That's at J-U-U-L. Um, We're getting you a sponsorship. Uh, off my list this week, uh, I have NFTs because I don't know what the fuck they are. I don't None. know what they are either. I know I have one, though. Someone sold a fart. Uh, yeah, I saw that. NFT. True story. Uh, I don't know what it is. I don't like change. Technology scares me. And uh, I feel like it's a Ponzi scheme. So fuck NFTs. That's uh, off my guest list this week. Uh, Ken, who's off your guest list? Um, Wawa. Wawa's off your guest list. I thought that I'm was like your guys' explain. thing up there. It is our thing. It Explain. is. Yeah, I Wawa's thought so. Great, yeah. But um, I went there and I my sandwich artist made my sandwich <laughs> wrong. Sandwich artist. <laughs> they put grits on it. And it turned out to be really fucking good. Yeah. So I went back and tried to get grits on again. And the lady's like, you can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. This is fucking Wawa. <laughs> so I got some beef with Wawa right now. I got to talk. Could you imagine going Wawa. up to like a fucking subway or something like that and being like, yo, let me get this sandwich. And like, but you, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. Like there's a fucking rule. Yeah. Like, dude, you, and like, they, relax. Did it, they did it before by mistake. <laughs> First off, you're getting grits on a sandwich. That's kind of fucked up. Did you oh, raise hell? Really fucking good. Yeah. Did you throw a fit? But the grits even stay on the sandwich. Maybe I should have thrown like a the fit. bottom coating, bro. 
Yeah, I don't even. I mean, that's know. interesting. It was I'm interested. Hot honey with grits on the bottom. Yeah, they it they does sound very. They good chase Ken out. They're like, get the fuck out of here, you <laughs> fucking weirdo. Never come back. Uh, all right, Dave, who's off your guest list? I got Buddy Beheim. That little cocksucker, Jim Beheim's <laughs> kid, hit uh j- just three after three after three, and that's the last basketball game I lost. And um, he be so I had the over in that game actually, and it was like 175 or something. And he's an 88 percent free throw shooter. Yeah, and he missed the last free throw with like two seconds left. That I've lost by a half point, and that I'd be even richer now <laughs> than I was if you would. Dude, I feel like I feel like you're in that Chappelle show skit where everybody gets reparations and they zoom up <laughs> on the one lady's face and she's just like, yes. "Hide the money, y'all. The poor people are around." He's just fucking rubbing in our face. Uh, and so, Ken, you already gave us your off the list, right? Winner. Anybody else you want to leave off your guest list? I don't know, man. Cowardly bands, maybe. Uh, <laughs> man. Talk about that a little bit. Who's cowardly uh, out there? I tell, man, it's it's become such a fucking talking point about. It. It's, it's it's it like, is such a talking point, yo. It's, uh, well, it's just if I see one more, f- I often go to like the new alt or like new mm-hmm. noise or fresh finds or whatever it is, and I'm trying to find you know stuff that inspires me, stuff that motivates me, and every fucking song, I'm just like. I'm so sad. I'm so sad. The world's fucked up. I'm so sad. Fucking blah, blah, oh, blah. My like, God. It's, it's there's atrocious. not like, like, remember when Run the Jewels hit the scene? Right? Yes. Like, how much of a breath of fresh air? Max's Twitter, breath of fresh air, right? It's like, I'm just looking for some non cowardly, fucking in your face music. Give it to me. I'm so sick of fucking. Bro, and that, can I say music. something real quick, though? This is funny you bring Dude. it up. That is exactly why we're here. This is why we're working with Dave. And this is why we're, like, doing what we're doing. Because we, me and Ken and the rest of us, we don't give a fuck. Me and you, Kenny, have talked about this off air. I don't give a fuck. I think we need to have more just fucking fun. I think people need to start, like, really being themselves. And that's what the fuck it's all about. And not to mention, our new shit is mean as fuck. It's not some pussy shit. This is, like, legit. Like, let's get back to having some fucking fun and being who we are, dude. Yo, literally, I inspired Ken fighting people at Wawa today, dude. Like, Ken would not have had the courage to fight that lady at yeah, Wawa. Yeah, to go and yell at that get sandwich artist. <laughs> <laughs> Give me the grits. You know who I am? Uh, all right, yeah, so that's on the list, off the list. <laughs> let's go into, real quick, what the fuck we've been listening to. We're each going to pick a song that we've been listening to, talk about why we like it. Uh, and then we're going to go into our interview with Mark Roberge. Uh, real quick, Kenny, you started off. Give me something you've been listening to. Man, I own as what we just talked about. It's so hard to find new music. So I've just, I mean, I'm always like, yesterday I listened to Wu Tang almost all day long, just going through like all the deep cuts. Then you get into like RZA, then you get into Ghostface, and then you get into Pop, mm-hmm. and then you get in, you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. that becomes an all day adventure, which is one of the best things ever. And, and like, I don't know. That's Who's your favorite Wu Tang? Who's your favorite Wu Tang member? <sighs> Ooh, I, I think just because like it's always been since I was a kid is Method Man. Yeah. Kind of once you have one, you stick with it. But then like Ghostface is maybe the dopest rapper of all time. Yeah. Right? I was so, just like, gonna say. And then RZA is the smartest person of all time. Right. So Thanks. like they I mean they each. Yeah, RZA was also an American gangster. So I mean that's yeah. a point to him. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah, yeah. Who's your favorite? Yeah, Ti I was in there too. Inspector Deck. Yeah, Ken. Ken's one of the only people on earth whose favorite Wu Tang member is Inspector Deck. <laughs> like his albums. <laughs> he's a fucking man dude uh all right so uh kenny's what the fuck he's been listening to is wu-tang dave what have you been listening to i i was listening to george thoroughgood all day Ooh, i don't I know why that um i woke up and i had a bunch of driving like logistical bullshit to do this morning and it was fucking beautiful outside t-shirt shorts on in 60 something degree weather convertible top down just joking i got a nissan ultima um and i'm like it feels like a george thorough good day 
There you go. Any specific song, or you're just rocking out to the great just, hits? Just straight Spotify shuffle. Just play them all. There you go. Kenny, what have you been listening to, buddy? Kind of like similar to Kenny. I did it with um I heard No Sleep Till Brooklyn on the radio. BC Went Boys. Back. I'm, I'm about to go on a that BC album rabbit is hole. so fucking good. But so I good. To, um, to the album for album. One of the few bands where every album Paul's Boutique, dude, Paul's Boutique. It, like they're all later, check your head. The they're awesome. I fucking love. Oh, that dude, album. Hot Sauce Committee Part Two. How about uh, the instrumental record, dude. Yeah, uh, um, was it to the Five Burrows or whatever the fuck it is? Yeah, that, that was their last. Album. Album. One of their last albums, right? Like Hot Sauce Committee Part Two was their last album with uh, Feel the Noise and like okay, yeah, too yeah. many MCs. But like to the Five Burrows is like they're like twenty years in their career, and that's like Triple Trouble, check fucking it check it out, like. The Beastie Boys are the shit, and I go on a run every once in a while where I'm like, "That's all I." Can that make. might be that might be my play tomorrow. Actually, I haven't listened to them in a fucking minute. That's an all time uh, musician moment for me. Was uh, stumbling across a Mike D late night DJ set when we played Firefly Music Festival, and it was me and like thirty dads, and I was just standing there shit faced, and uh, I left the Eminem performance to go watch Mike D just uh, DJ to nobody. It was fucking amazing. Great guy. That's so tight. Uh, my what the fuck we've been listening to pick. I've talked about this a lot to Ken. Ken knows I love this. But there's a documentary out called uh, Lost on the River, the the Lost Basement Tapes. And it was this thing that T-Bone uh, Burnett put together. And it's an all-star cast of musicians that uh, rewrite these Bob Dylan songs that never got made. Uh, the name of the band that they wound up forming was called the New Basement Tapes. And it's uh, Elvis Costello... Uh, Taylor Goldsmith from Dawes, Rhiannon Gideons from the Carolina Chocolate Drops, Marcus Mumford, and Jim James from My Morning Jacket. And it's a fucking trippy-ass album, and I picked the song Kansas City, and I picked it because I was watching the video the other day, and for some reason, Johnny Depp is playing guitar on it, and I thought that was fucking hilarious. Dude, where's this at? Because I have to watch this. Uh, It's on Showtime, but the album's out. It's fucking outstanding. I also wanted to to give a shout out to Lil Baby for no other reason than I've just been running that shit. And I, I like I just fucking love Lil Baby. That's my like if I'm at the gym and I don't want to think, I just throw on Lil Baby and just fucking grind it out, dude. Lifting heavy uh, shit like a sucker. Adopt kit full of oh, my stuff. Oh, really? It, it, I don't and I'll talk to you about it right now. And I'm gonna say, yo, I'm a gotta go upstairs, take my stuff out, put it in the cabinet, put the dop kit away, get rid, and I will forget. Yep. And it could, it'll go another six months and I'll still have all my road stuff in my bathroom above as if I'm only home for three days. It's the <laughs> yeah. weirdest thing. So that's my weird stuff. And then again, um, travel to me is, is so like you, you're just, if someone said right now, Hey, will you drive to DC, pick up this, anything, drive it to Georgia and then be home for like late, late night. I'm like, yeah, no problem. It's nothing. It's like, that I carry with me too, and I can't even go twenty feet to the store. You know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> so it's been just this fucking cataclysmic adjustment we've all had to make. Like, legitimately, part of me has been ripped away. But I will say, on the other hand, if it wasn't for the circumstance, I wouldn't be sitting here with Dave doing this fucking podcast yeah. and talking to you. And and Absolutely. I know D- Dave's found new things. Have you found anything new in the past year? Like that, you're like, oh my god, I made this adjustment, and now like I'm gonna do things differently now. Yeah, I'm trying to bring I'm trying to bring that tour order. You know, you get the day sheet of tour and at work and you have you know everything that's happening all day long. I'm trying to bring that into my world here and and try to be <laughs> responsible <laughs> by by schedule. So it's like from nine to ten, I'm going to do X. Ten to eleven, I will exercise. Eleven to four, mm-hmm. I can make songs, you know, and then four minutes. So I'm trying to bring that schedule into the into the home life and and again like meld the worlds together i can't go too far either way man if i go too far one way or the other it's just not normal i think we're a blend we're a total blend you gotta be dude 
And I like your name, your band name. I, I My brother was in a band ages ago called Foxtrot Zulu. They're out of like the New England area and Yo, a big jam band. Fuck your brother's band because every time I Google my <laughs> own name, Foxtrot Zulu pops up too. That's insane. Oh, Fuck shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We're going to have the first thing I noticed. So I was like, yeah, that's cool. We're going to have to schedule a rough and rowdy fight between me and your brother through Barstool just to like claim the one true Foxtrot, dude. We're going to have to do it. I, I think that. And I would hate to end up fighting each other because we've been looking through that rough and rowdy thing. Like one of our guys um, is like a boxer, like our saxophone player, like boxes for real. Wow. And um, <laughs> so we're like, dude, you got and he's from Youngstown, Ohio. And we're like, you got to go and 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 fight like riffraff or something, you know, like <laughs> because I heard because they're they're training him to fight, you know, and yeah. I think any anybody who who wants to get in there and do it and I'll be his you know, trainer, I guess, fake trainer, maybe I'll just yell like quotes and shit, but <laughs> I want to get in on that. Cause I think, you know, it's, it's incredibly insane and it's incredibly forward. I feel like everybody loves that excitement of, but until you get in there and realize like a round will just work here. Oh, those it, guys, you know. it's so funny watching them go three, one minute rounds. And by the third <sighs> round, they're just like, they can't even lift their arms. It's so I mean, funny. respect for any, and that's the thing, like, you know, being home, you said, do I pick up new things? You pick up all these dreams, like, oh, I'm going to be a boxer. I'm going to be a hockey player. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go play guitarist. shoot hoops, at, shoot hoops every day. And then, and then you, re I realized hey, I suck at all those things, you know, and, and, and the, the time just slipped away. You know, you like got good at guitar, but everything else you suck at. Bro, literally, <laughs> so be, you just be said careful. That. Be careful. You, you just said exactly what Dave did do because this whole fucking thing with Dave becoming a rock star it and working with us. It, it was more out of boredom. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like I've I've well, when I was younger, my dad made me take piano lessons when I was like eight, nine, ten years old. And I actually got pretty good at it, but I was always the jockey kid. Like I, I wanted to be sports, 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 and more sports, any sport, any ball you put in front of my face, I was kicking it or throwing it or whatever. And I didn't like, uh, playing an instrument because I didn't want to be known as like the guy that's in the band or whatever. And looking back, it was the dumbest thing in my life. And he made me take piano lessons because he said it would help with my hand-eye coordination in baseball. And like, if I could rewind to any point in my life, any point, it would be back then. And I would have picked up every single music instrument I possibly could have. See, you say that, and this is again the classic thing, and it always comes up. It's like if the guy who's or girl who's really great at sports says, Oh, I want to be a musician or an actor or whatever the other mm -hmm. thing is, and then it goes both ways, you know. Where I all I remember is being 10, 11, 12, not you know, and being into every sport, every team, um, yeah. and it was your shit, and it was. Uh, the whole world revolved around it. And I really wanted to advance in any of those things. I was a wrestler. So wrestling didn't really go past, you know, even like if you wrestled in college, that was major, major shit. Yeah. So I didn't see that in my future. I didn't see uh, all these things happen. I, I knew music was maybe a, a more realistic way out uh, into the world. But since that day, all I'm left with is 12 year old hoop dreams. And like, you know, you just think that I'm good at all this shit because last game I played when I was 12, I, I was really good. <laughs> and, then, and then you get out there and it's like, I can't do anything. I, my kids, oh my God, they run circles around me, man. It's bad. <laughs> well, just let me ask you this. What, uh, when did you know that you and OAR like made it? Oh, that's a great question because there were times, you know, that, that 
completely stood out. And I think what we've always kind of stuck to is the fact that we're going to we're going to work this thing like a team mentality, uh, a bunch of people in a band. Um, we went to Ohio State University mm-hmm. because it had the most bars in the in the smallest area. It was either Texas or Ohio State. We got into Ohio State. We went when we got there. We'd already made independent records and we'd done things like that. And we're building our label. But we didn't know that we had made it until we went to get booked at the Newport Music Hall and they wouldn't book us traditionally. Uh, we had no history in town. Mm. And we said, well, what's your least successful night like what's the dead night and i just remember mondays and i'd say oh well what if we rented it out from you Ooh. paid you more than you were going to make that night and then we could sell our tickets and we started doing that and selling this place out and putting and then the great promoters there brought us into the world but uh one moment in particular when our parents came to visit us and see what we were up to and we had a sold out night and i'll never forget uh, all the parents kind of giving us the blessing of, okay, you guys, you guys know what you're doing. And, and from that point on, it became um, not only big successes, you know, oh my gosh, we played Red Rocks or the Gorge or the mm-hmm. Garden, all these obvious things that you could celebrate and be thankful for. But for us, it was more just, you know, doing six nights at the House of Blues in Chicago or like doing like big shit for us on our own. When we built that and that yeah. those are the times when we felt like we made it after that point when we were in the system, quote unquote, and we started uh, working within the system and, and having accomplishments that way, we knew we were getting a lot of help. And they were easier to celebrate, but uh, it wasn't such a steep climb that when you did it yourself and you're posting flyers on the, on the fucking telephone post with, with uh, staple guns and oh, shit. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, you have five possessions in your world. It's your guitar, your staple gun, your tuner, your quarter inch cable and your fucking road case that you saved up for. And you had one road case and the rest of the shit was torn to hell. But like those accomplishments are the ones that made us feel like we made it because it was so apparent that you had uh, increased your size of tickets or increased, you know, you sold a few more T-shirts. You really felt tangible wins um, early on. And now fucking getting a win now, you feel like you worked so hard for it. And for they sure. all really they all really sink in. Yeah. So we're, we're maintaining the thankful attitude and team mentality, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you guys like I, I was telling columnists actually prior to you hopping on like so I have a I have a podcast out in Chicago that just focuses on everything Chicago pop culture food sports everything's called Redline Radio and um, I do a lot of the booking for that for for that show and I've dealt with a million athletes from all generations uh, all levels all skill levels like some MVPs all stars. I shot you a DM. I'm like, hey, would you want to hop on the podcast? You're like, absolutely. Like, let's do it. Yeah. Like one o'clock, uh, one o'clock Monday afternoon. It was the easiest, most. It, it was just like, holy shit. Like he just said, yes, I didn't have to go through any management. I didn't have to shoot him an email or it was the easiest. And I thank you for that. And that just goes back to your like humble attitude. Like you do a ton of shit with Barstool, too. And yeah. it, like we really like I'm, I'm speaking on behalf of all Barstool. Thank you for that. Because listen, it, it I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by so many aspects of what um, this type of broadcasting is. I'm fascinated with the network uh, that has been growing. I'm fascinated with all the dynamics of it, the, uh, the 
the, the good stuff, the bad stuff, the sideways stuff, this way, you know, maintaining that sort of like motto of, of listen, this is in, in essence, I know it's a sports network, but it's also a comedy network. Right. And I think that, you know, once you understand that, there's a lot of layers to peel back and be interested in. So I am. And um, I also felt, and you guys fit right into the 1 p.m. I told you 1 p.m. is when I'm available on the phone from 1 yeah. to 2 <laughs> Eastern, you know what I mean? So this was easy. And also, so, you know, being at that, the Pink Whitney Cup and um, it was Chief, yeah, that I, that yeah, I hung out with and super nice and just kind of, you know, hit it off talking. Laid back off. Because, yeah. like, and we were, Colin and I were talking again, we're like, dude, like OAR and, and Mark Roberge's voice, that was like the soundtrack of our lives growing up, like through high school, college, and even I'm 32 now. Um, I've seen you guys live uh, three times, I want to say. And it's just such a weird, like how it's all come full circle that, now I'm on an interview with you, uh, one of my favorite bands on the planet. And it, it's just, it, it's an odd feeling. And I don't think I'll ever be able to get used to that. That's, that's the beauty of the medium is that it's bringing together people that normally working within the traditional system just would, might not ever get together and talk about yeah, some shit. And I sure. think that that's, that's, you know, something I like, you know, I'm always like into the long form interview. I think Howard Stern perfected it. I'm a huge fan of everything they built and there's a natural progression onto new things. And I feel that the direct one-on-one -on -one contact that we get right now is something that uh, Barstool and, and not many others are, are really good at providing this content to folks who want to hear and listen and see. And, and I'm just interested in the ride. So I appreciate the opportunities. I mean, to, from a, from a musician's point of view, and like you get interviewed and shit like that, right? And so much of it feels like you know, a business transaction. Like you go do something, and it and it's like it's a prepackaged interview. You know, you got seven minutes to do it. You're in and out. But like when you can sit down and talk to somebody about the fact that you're a fucking huge sports fan or or shit yeah. like that, you know, like people appreciate that. And I know like. That was one thing in coming into this. If we were going to talk to musicians for the podcast, I want to get them on a human level. I want to ask you, like, yo, what's the grimiest fucking place you played at? Or, like, what? give me some stories that I would want to hear. Now, I'll tell you some stories, man. <laughs> give me some stories, bro. Yeah, you know, it's like, so you guys, you guys are out of Philly, band yes, Chicago, sir. right? So the band's out of Philly. My mom was born in, uh, were raised in Margate, Atlantic City area. Oh, yeah. A lot of Philly family and, and coming up knowing that the Philadelphia sports fan base is absolutely insane. Yes, uh, that, that carries, and I'm from DC area, uh, half my life here, half my life in New York or there in New York. And I know that the Philly sports fanatic, it, it goes right into music. So when oh, yeah. we come, when we come and play Philly, I mean, everything from the TLA, which I know you've played at. Um, and I know that the electric factory was, oh, yeah early days in the electric factory the tla i mean i'm talking about just doing everything you're not supposed to be doing uh <laughs> but on mass in in quantity of everything and it yes, was sir. like the best times we had were completely loose and and lost and it was great and a lot of it happened in philly and as we grew in festival pier and all these you know we yes, played sir. with 311 down the street in uh, the tweeter Love center i think it was called yeah so I just each town has its own kind of uh, flavor, you know, and Philly. God damn. I mean, it's madness. I got hit in the fucking head in Philly 
And this is how much I love Philly <laughs> is that I didn't fucking stop the show and cry about it. But I'm up there. I'm singing like some uh, there's we have this song called I Feel Home. It's like a real like yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a softy. And uh, I'm singing. My eyes are closed. I don't know, I'm so into it. I like floating away <laughs> into like happy space, you know, and I catch a, uh, a silver dollar right in between my eyes hard i mean hard uh, someone whipped one right at me busted me open i'm bleeding down my face i'm fucking playing and part of me isn't even mad i'm like i'm in philly yeah. and I, I might even have said it. it's like it's someone back philly that means we just, love you that's a that's, that's a what term i'm saying of like, yeah someone someone was fired up and I felt like, damn, okay, well, we sent our guys out to get him. I don't think they got him. And I let it go. I just knew that, like, this was in in, in every town. Then in Chicago, you know, the history I have in Chicago goes very deep. Um, amazing. Some of the most amazing friends I have in this world are from Chicago and Highland Park and yep. that world. So the flavor in Chicago has been wild in a whole other way, you know. And so that's just what I'm trying to do is collect these stories. We, we like to feel like we, we feel like we live the nineties version of dazed and confused, you know, right. like we want to tell our story, like a basement band coming up and doing everything. Our first tour out of the, out of the gate in May of 2001, leaving college uh, was opening for kid rock on like three big ass festivals, what? you know? And, and, <laughs> and so you're just like exposed immediately. Yeah. And every day was a story. I mean, you know that that life out there, every corner, you don't know what's around it. You don't know what's going to happen every day. And you have to love that or choose another job. You know, that's the fucking truest thing I've ever heard my entire life. Yeah, and we. It's, yeah, it's fucking so beautiful to hear somebody else talk about that kind of like or embrace the fact like you see so many people who want to like gloss over like oh we had to fucking shower and rest stops and they just want to get right to the fucking oh yeah we play giant festivals and stadiums i want to hear more about the whole grind coming up than For i care sure. about once you get there i do you know what i mean fans in general want to hear that stuff they want to they because i mean you're oar you're you know lead singer rhythm guitarist you're a fucking world-class celebrity Ugh. yeah rock star you're a rock star yeah. you're a fucking rock star <laughs> people yeah. want to hear like the origin <laughs> stories, they they appreciate that, and they like like I think Colin used the word humanizing people of 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 your you know your size and popularity. Well, and it's that too. It's also like the people who are in the industry who are coming up. They need to hear that to keep their fucking head on straight. For sure, absolutely. They don't feel like you're getting defeated constantly. There's motherfuckers who did this shit. You're a forefather of the the come up. You know what I mean? Like that's that's I'm the shit. Thank you, man. I really I really appreciate that because when we started out, I saw my brother's band, uh, seven to nine people in the basement of my mom's house, sleeping in that basement. Every six months, their their school bus would bust down. Or, catch on fire yeah. church bus whatever they had Almost famous yeah and you're watching the climb of these buses and these shitty vehicles and they don't care man we're out yeah. in the back porch barbecuing you know i'm drinking my first beer with some other some other band and it's like i saw that lifestyle as the road warrior lifestyle that i wanted to have my dues stamped paid i didn't want to be famous in the in the traditional sense so when younger um artists or for instance, I, after this call, I'll be working with this amazing young artist on a song. And if they want to be famous, I say, I cannot help you. I, right. I, can, I can't help you get famous. I didn't know how to do it. I, uh, I used m making songs. 
And then that vehicle could take you to some recognition. Mm. But if the recognition you're looking for is some sort of like stamp of approval from other people, you're never going to fill that void. It's nope. never going to be filled, especially even in, in, in every broadcasting, everyone's going to hate you. And, yeah. and it's like, you have to be comfortable with that and also be cool with like the, um, the both sides of that. If you're, if you're one of those people who just kind of like inspire someone to not like you as much as they like you, that's another good sign that you're on the right path, you know? Yeah. So you can't want to be famous in this business especially now because as easy as it does quote unquote seem for people to find fame and we're seeing younger and younger folks find this amazing place that they're at uh that's one in a zillion even i mean we were facing one in a billion they're facing one in a zillion everybody's got a phone and a fucking video camera they can fucking try you know so it's like all those other fucking platforms myspace all the the cream does rise to the top but it does it's the odds are so slim that you know you can't want fame you gotta love the road you gotta love the grind you know it's so funny because i was talking to my mom about this the other day i went back to my old neighborhood in philadelphia and i was helping her clean out her basement we found all these like early like college era foxtrot artifacts like old fucking like do-it-yourself posters we used to hang on the stage and shit like that and she looked at me and she was just like it has to feel so gratifying to see things to start to come around to the good side when you live the bad side. Like I do, I feel so much happier and I have the stories to back it up. I don't think I could deal with being one of these LA TikTok kids who get famous at like 15 and then all of a sudden that's just their, that's their base. That's where they come from. And where do you go from that? You know, I've seen a lot of really good. And thankfully my wife is, is who keeps me up to speed on what the hell's going on out there. Uh, <laughs> she, she, she's sending me barstool clips way before I'm going to see them. Uh, thankfully <laughs> I have someone in my world and, you know, she's showing me these folks and, and yeah, there's some diamonds in the rough. There's some oh, yeah. really smart people who know how to manipulate that uh, medium and they're going to do it better than I'll ever be able to do it. And that's what I'm learning is those things. But I think it's also creating some sort of uh, unattainable fucking hotness, unattainable uh, coolness, unattainable, unattainable everything. And I look at my kids and I'm, I don't see them feeling like shit about themselves yet. So I'm all good with it. But the second I fucking see them, saying god man dad don't i look like a little weak or any of that shit i'm like that's a wrap you know because i'm not having it it's like so there are shoot amazing stars i just think the medium itself um can go one way or the other where i always assume that on these videos as they're watching there'll be advertisements for like your specific plastic surgery needs (laughs) You know, That's you're going to start real... seeing those ads. You know? Bro, that was something we talked about earlier on the podcast. We were talking about because I just I downloaded TikTok for like, I don't know, like research purposes. I needed to see what the fuck was going on here. Right. And I said, like, yo, I'm a 29 year old man. And I was on this app for like fucking 10 minutes and I felt like shit. And I know how to handle my emotions and I know how to process this shit. I couldn't imagine being a fucking kid on this app being like, yo, I feel oh, yeah. terrible about who I am. Impressionable. It's it's yo, toxic. Yeah, it's toxic. It's toxic. So hopefully we'll we'll find a way through that though. I don't I haven't seen that it like it's not infringing upon my world as of yet with my my family and things. So I find the good in it. I love to see my little little ones dancing. And then I love seeing them 
hearing songs from the fucking 70s 80s 90s shit like oh, yeah. that they know the words to because of that so i think that's really cool and you know it it goes it happens to all of us you know when i go on a sports thing i realize you know how little i actually do know the second mm. i talk to some folks who actually know over barstool like that hockey shit it was like you know they said you play hockey i'm like i think i remember playing yeah when i was 10 or 11 <laughs> i played hockey yeah sure i, I play hockey. hockey yeah uh-uh no that's a like whole, that. no when you're out there you're like oh shit i'm way over my head right now. <laughs> <laughs> and and i think like that's natural but it's fun i'm a, i'm hoping that the uh the looking good part of it doesn't kind of creep people out too much in the end I, I i think we'll find somewhere where the talent and again the cream will rise to the top i see these folks making songs some of them are really good you know yeah. i hope they continue to make original music and and thrive and and then our stuff will will creep in someday and we'll see what happens you know how how old are your kids I've got a uh, three-year-old, uh, an eight-year-old, and an eleven-year-old. A three-year-old. All right. Do uh, the older ones? Do you do they listen to your music at all? They're or really cool. Like, <laughs> they're supportive. They're, poli- like... they're very polite. <laughs> <laughs> they're very polite. They they like they like the songs. They're very honest. I don't overdo it at home. I used to have a studio yeah. at home, and I felt like that was overdoing it for them. I'll come home, and I will not be like, hey, check out my new song. But if we're watching TV, and a song comes on a show, or, or we're in the car, or somebody, you know, it happens in public. Um, they're so sweet, and so fucking nice about it. And like, when, if I meet someone in the streets, they'll just be like, they're so nice about it that I'm good with that. They don't have, they never say I like it or I don't like it. They're just supportive. And I think that that's what it is. I do have an eight year old who's pretty critical of my uh, editing skills and videos, because if I make (laughs) videos, she's like, "Mm -mm, no, let me do it. (laughs) That's so fucked up. Hey, that's that's good though. That's awesome. First off, you've created an in-house production team, which is great. Exactly. But just, it'd be weird. Like, cause yo, my, my 10 year old niece is like, unbelievably good at editing videos and i'm sitting here like is that weird like i'll I'll change my question real quick have you got them into music have they started playing it i do have a few um different things with them i don't like i won't um force them into any sort of instrument but i also always provide it i do see that uh, one or two of them is really into creating their own uh songs or their own art or their own everything so that's a really cool sign one of my guys is uh really good at computers and uh and coding and all those types of things and uh that's maybe yeah hopefully they will meld into some super uh futuristic family group and i can fucking retire that's every dad's dream right yeah, uh, yeah. eventually live vicariously through their kids oh just cake I, off see, your family? I see one of them yeah. one of them does a crossover and i'm like oh let's go go with d1 baby let's yeah. go free college Wait, Mark, yeah. so, so you're handing stuff down to your kids. Like, what did you get handed down from your parents or your brother that got you into music to the point where you were like, this is what I want to do? So this is what happened for me. My mom, having grown up in Atlantic City and gone to AC High and all that stuff, was in AC before the casinos came in. Mm. When the casinos came in, my grandfather went and became a blackjack dealer at the casino. And they didn't have any money, but he was really into music and um, entertaining. And so upstairs in his house, he built like an entertainment spot where they'd play 45s and, you know, oh, you yeah. all the rap pack. I mean, he's really into Sinatra and all that stuff. And 
up in top of the house, he'd have that. And he had a little drum set, a little keyboard, a bass guitar, and, and the parties that would go on as I'm a little baby, I would be hearing these grown folks playing records and just the casino life and just all that type of stuff traveled down to my brother on the drums is how he learned how to play drums ah. then he started his band and i was and and the second my grandmother passed away the first song i wrote on the way to the house was cancer life and it was like it all kind of melded into this thing from the experience of just being exposed to people in the house playing records hearing musical instruments in in a party atmosphere and then being supported by parents who would come see me at parties and in crazy places where I'm playing music for people doing crazy things and being cool with that. Yeah. Totally cool with that because they came up in that. So it's like that is part of my DNA that was passed on to me. I think just an openness to the nightlife of uh, music, you know, there's just something about it. It's like when I go to Times Square and uh, the madness Times Square makes no sense, but like there's Iridium, like this little jazz club and I'm not a oh, jazz yeah. fan, but, but you know, you're in there and you see why history matters because it shapes us. We know that, but for me, that's how it happened. It was Atlantic city. It was my mom being cool with my job at a young age. I start writing songs and, and instead of them, sending me to a doctor to whomever to work through some shit they'd say go in the basement i'd go and write a song about it i mean it was just very supportive so yeah and then i try to pass that to my kids kind of <clears throat> my uncle always said you know uh whatever they love i love i mean that's that's that's, that's beautiful and i mean before we before we move on to anywhere else and we're, we're kind of in this songwriting space now we're talking about inspiration and i just had to ask you this because i'm going to go on my songwriting nerd kick uh this actually comes back to the Philly story you told about getting hit in the face with a, a silver dollar. So this is early Foxtrot. This is like 2013, 2014. And we're playing a bar gig in Delaware County to pay for our first EP. And uh, I played a Green Day song, which we fucked up, and then got hit in the face with a beer bottle because oh. I fucked it up. So we come back. We took a 20-minute break. We come Dude, back in. Such and a we scumbag city. So, so, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> but so... When we came back in, we started doing some more lighthearted shit to bring it back up. And I know we did Mellow Mood by Bob Marley, and then we did Night Shift in the Stir It Up. So this is, <laughs> this is an OAR story, and it actually it kept the night going. So I just want to say yeah. that first off. But your music has always been on an edge where it just makes people feel good. It does. And wow. it's been the soundtrack to so many great times, so many times sitting on our roof in college, listening to the fucking OAR live album. Was that a purposeful thing on your point? Like, cause I know I've gone through periods of time where I've tried to make things more down, more up, or is, or is the, is the more upbeat shit just naturally that comes out of you? That's a great question. I'm sorry if the helicopters are too loud, but it's, it's okay. Don't worry about it, brother. You're good. You're good. <laughs> All right. Sorry. Um, yeah. So we, okay. That's a really good question because you're talking about like managing a crowd. For me, I always grew up in, in enjoying hip hop records because uh, we were exposed in the DC area to such a, a diverse variety of music, go-go music, hip hop, oh, yeah. R&B, uh, rock and roll, everything kind of. And reggae music was a big part of the DC area uh, FM dial way down at like 88.9, 89.3 and, and also go-go at night. So. I knew that moving the crowd was the primary job of the MC, 
So mm. you're talking about moving the crowd. That's what I thought my job was. My job was to entertain people. The reason why I don't talk a lot between songs, I don't even say nothing the first 45 minutes to an hour of a show. I don't even say nothing. I play songs like fucking that's what I'm there to do. Y'all paid the money. Y'all want to drink. You don't want to hear fucking what I think about anything. So <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even sure what I think half the time. So it's like. It's like, that's the primary goal, MC, move the crowd. And that's what I always, I listen to KRS-One and I would listen to like Black Thought and I would listen to all these amazing artists coming up and I understood that. So that's what led me into have, being a live concert band. We were hard pressed to ever get something on record in a studio setting that sounded like a, a live show oh, or, yeah. and, and we were having trouble with that. So we, we worked harder and harder and harder on blending those worlds, which now I think we're figuring it out. But that was our primary goal. Our intention was always to tour. It was always mm -hmm. to move the crowd. It was always to give people a break, always to fucking provide a, an environment where people could party. Or if they wanted to cry, they could come cry with me because I'm up there going through my therapy, whether you're fucking there or not. Two hours, I'm working that shit out and I feel much better afterwards. So yeah. I'm moving that crowd so they can move me back to square one. And it's a, it's a fucking relationship you have to have, and that's gotta be your goals. I never understood a concert where I'm there and I feel like there is a wall between that stage and me. Oh yeah. And they're singing at me. They're playing at me. They're talking at me. Like what I ever stand up, sit down, put your hands up, go fucking over there. Do this, say this, do this. I'm like, yo, there's a lot. And unless you're uh, moving the crowd with from here, I'm not participating. So bring that wall down. I go and see Bruno Mars at the fucking at, in Brooklyn at the Barclays. And like, it's, it's, it's exactly what we all should be doing is oh, yeah. being involved with that audience uh, and, and keeping just keeping it on the rails, man. And so to answer your question, I'm, I'm flattered and psyched that you played Night Shift and to Sear It Up. The reason that song came about was because we had to move that crowd at the 930 Club. Mm. And then when we started playing reggae music, we said, listen, we cannot just go play this music. You can't just go play it. Ah, I'm going to just play and one drop. Yay. And no, no, no. Uh, way oh, and start fucking saying jaw every five seconds. It's like <laughs> it, that, that that's <laughs> It's not it's not believable, right? It's so, not authentic, right? It's not authentic and it's disrespectful. And I felt like, you know what, how can we I enjoy and I love this music so much. When I was in Israel in high school, I found a, um, a connection to an island music and I felt that in me. I felt I had that heartbeat. But how can I not legitimize but learn? So we got in touch with Junior Marvin, who was the guitar player for Bob Marley and the Whalers for like three or four years, 77 to 81, you know, right in that last time. And he taught us why the lyric is written the way it is. Why is the guitar played where it is? Why is the drum beat where it is? And we went to uh, Drummy Zeb from the Whalers and said, come yeah. over to the basement. Drummy came to the basement and in, in, in our drummer's basement and played drums with us for hours teaching us why why do we hit that this as hard as we do why is it happening so once we learned all these things it all met up with mc moving the crowd so again you're using that song to uh move the crowd i'm i'm using those songs to move the crowd and i think bob is using those songs to move the crowd and that's the common thread that a touring musician and a live band musician has to have. Otherwise, you're just playing at somebody.
dude, no. when you went into when you went into that conversation about like meeting the people who created the music when you're when you're talking about you're you're taking that lesson me and dave have talked a lot on this podcast about i said when i come to chicago i'm a big blues musician i love blues mm -hmm. i fucking but i've always been taught since i was a kid like you need to know who made it and you need to learn from them which is i was saying dude when i come to chicago we're going and i want to meet buddy guy i want to go in and do fucking tours uh, like, buddy. where this shit <laughs> happened bro like that's uh, so nice to fucking hear that somebody like, hear that much Oof. buddy man buddy's a fucking man have you ever met you buddy? guys yeah you guys gotta go to uh is kingston mines still around it just it's a it's a casualty of corona i live blocks oh. away from it yeah it, when oh. I heard that they were closing down, it broke my absolute heart. It's one of the so, best places in the world. I mean, that place was a eye opener for me. And and the, when I saw Buddy, yeah, I was in Australia doing a show uh, tour with Oza Motley, who's like an amazing West Coast uh, band. Um, and I saw Buddy Guy play the first time. I I mean, I got to high five him, say hi, but no, he 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 would never remember meeting me. And um, <laughs> But I was, I was like, I, I'll, I'll never forget what he was wearing, you know, and um, just an amazing person. And just to see someone again playing it from the chest, doing it because they love it. And he doesn't need to do it. He's out there cranking. I feel like we need to look up to those folks. You know, we have to. We have to. It's where it comes from, dude. It's a, if you don't know where you came from, you don't know where you're going. I think that's a fucking old saying. But yeah. Uh, before we get out of here, Dave, I feel like we have to come back into your world for a minute. Yeah. I want to wrap. We need to rapid fire some sports shit in here because I know Mark, you're a fucking sports. <laughs> I need to know where do your allegiances lie? Like, are you are you a, are you a DC area fan? Are you a New York fan? Like, who, where uh, do you, where do you go? shit. Okay, so check it out. I grew up uh, all Capitals uh, season tickets, Caps, right? Um, all Redskins coming up rfk stadium first game against the cowboys i, I can still feel the place shaking you know mm -hmm. and the years went by and you know and also orioles right so now though having the years gone by everything that's happened with the washington football team leading up to that the the, the manner in which the stadium is operated just different Trash. things let me just kind of pushed me further uptown into baltimore um and the ravens having had I just love the system there. I love the folks there. I think, uh, and not to take anything away from Washington, because trust me, there's probably amazing people who work there. And it's like, I have no idea why why it's dysfunctional to this point. I mean, I think I know. Well, but, everybody uh, does. Everybody <laughs> does. <laughs> um, but I've I've been pushed up north to the Ravens. I I, I love that. Uh, I just love working with them. They've been so nice to us. So now I'm Ravens. Um, hockey, I'll always want to cheer on the caps to go into great heights they're just i just love the fucking capitals but i've been in new york for 20 years mm. and uh i've made amazing friends in the rangers organization and have enjoyed being a fan of the rangers and then because of those uh friends go and they all go off and play on other teams and go around the globe i i've come to realize that i honestly just fucking love professional sports athletes at any team at that level, I cannot watch it and feel like, damn, you know, like how amazing is this? But I will always like cheer for the Caps, the Rangers, uh, the Ravens. Uh, I love the Nationals just because, you know, what they've been able to build has been incredible. Um, basketball is something that I don't know enough about to, to lay claim to anything. What, but I grew up a Bullets fan and the second they went Wizards. I mean, we had Jordan for a while and that was amazing. Uh, it's been a tough sell 
uh, down there. But I, I, again, I, I don't know enough about basketball to, to lay claim to anything. I will say, I don't think me or Dave blame you for jumping shit from the Washington football team. I mean, uh, I, it's, <laughs> like I, I as I'm, I'm this is going to come off as douchey because I mean, I'm not a big hockey fan at all. And I fully, fully jumped on the Blackhawks bandwagon in 2008 when they got good. And now that they're just kind of middling again, it's just like, ah, whatever. But I lived through the 90s Bulls, three Blackhawks championships, a White Sox championship. So I've been pretty spoiled as a whole. But at the same time, like I'm thinking like my teams all stink. They all stink. <laughs> uh, even though the time. White Sox should be good. But like, like the Bears right now, I went back in 2014 and 15 when, uh, when Mark Tressman is here, who was a OC for the Ravens for a year or two or whatever. It was such a disorganized, disorganized, dysfunctional, awful franchise that I'm like, I can't mentally do this anymore. I had to like cut them out basically because they were, <laughs> they had such a bad effect on my psyche. Like I couldn't watch sports. Oh, like every time I think about them, I would just get in a pissed off move. And now they're doing the same shit again. It's just it's like, rough. Oh, like I, I, I wish sports were more like music to where they all like, and I think that's actually, I should say that sports like being miserable is part of the experience of being oh, a sports yeah. fan. Like I would hate to be a Yankees fan. I would oh, hate to be a, a Dodgers fan. Like I have to be a little miserable, but at the same time, like I wish like music, like you can turn on something to pick up your mood at any given time. It's a click of a button away now. And well, there's yeah, no guarantee like with the game. There's yeah, no, no, guarantee no guarantee with the game. With the game. And that, and, you know, and again, like I, I, I fall into sports conversations and you start to realize all the holes and, and realize you don't know. But but again, it's only supposed to give you that feeling of excitement. It's an entertainment. It's a product. I always say the NHL. I mean, look, you guys right now, you got Kevin Hayes in Philly. I mean, not you guys, yes, but over there in Philly. I love Kevin Hayes. OK, so Hayes like the greatest hockey player in the NHL right now. And I'm saying like and and so great for philly even look i came up in dc i came up in new york philly is not the team that you're cheering for when nope. you come up in dc new york i'm sitting in the stands at football games and seeing more fights in the stands yeah. and at uh, the hockey games than on the ice they're throwing fucking pennies and quarters <laughs> on the ice yeah. at, the, at the old cap center because they're they're you know coming down from philly with the vengeance and i'll tell you like it's supposed to give you that, but it will not guarantee happiness. No, nope. you know, and so sports fan that you better de be dedicated in Chicago. It's like, I know my friends, man, who, who were ball boys for the bulls and all this, they still, man, they're like praying for those days to come back Bro, me and Dave are from similar cities, Chicago and Philly have very similar attitudes in a certain so, perspective. Yeah. I live in a constant state of either hope or misery. There's there's rarely elation in there. You, it's more like, oh my god, I we can do Eagles it. Fans do this. You guys got your Super Bowl. You guys got Fuck your Super you. Bowl. Fuck you. Yes, we did. I I told you this before, but I cried for a, like a fucking week when we won the Super Bowl. It was the single. This is sounds so fucked up because I got married like the same year. It was like the greatest fucking moment of my life. Like legitimately, I, of like of course. I it, but you have to understand that like. Okay, there was a honeymoon period the year after, and then shit went bad, and then shit went really bad, and now I'm just back to like hating life. Regardless, I I'm okay. It's fun. My so you're not, you're not a Howie. You're not a Howie fan. <laughs> Fuck Howie Roseman. I it's, my, my yo literally my my wife. You're the most sports are crazy. Ever. So I uh, y'all are insane. I, this is how you know you work from home, right? Uh, my wife is downstairs. I'm up in the she office. She can hear room. you talking shit. She she just said. <laughs> 
She said, please don't scream fuck in 10 minutes when I'm on the phone with one of my biggest clients. So, <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> welcome, to, welcome to quarantine life, baby. Uh, Mark, this has just been because I know we're running out of time. This has been absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, man. I appreciate you, Mark. We, now, I said we, we did say this. This was a, a recruiting trip. You're now on team. Turn Dave into a rock star. Well, let me give you my little piece of advice. And I think I already mentioned it. I don't think Dave's looking to become a famous rock star. Right, Dave? No. I, this You're is what this is what I tell people. I want to get on stage. And Joe's on Weechery, where we started the conversation. Um, I've seen Garth Brooks there. I've seen Darius Rucker there. It's not a big venue. It holds like eight. Oh, Joe's. Feet. Joe's yeah, on Weechery. Now I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, we absolutely played there, and and like not that early on in the career either. It was like for a special. I mean, I mean, we went there. It's like a you, famous place. Yeah. I saw you guys. Yeah. Three, yeah, it's very famous. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I saw you guys three years ago at Wish Fest, um, cancer oh, charity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, which is one of my favorite, it's my favorite day of the winter. They, uh, I've seen third eye blind there dispatch. I was also told to tell you dispatch is better than OAR. Um, <laughs> and, uh, absolutely they are. And you we guys, that <laughs> we, everyone knows that, <laughs> but, uh, I love them. I look, we're just Boston. Yeah. Just Boston. Oh, she's he, like every time, like he would go up and down the ice, he would look at you. Ah, dispatch is better. Cause his uh, cousin is like their manager or some something. So they're great. Yes. It's like, and I, cause I told him, I said, for some reason, like people always be like, I like OAR, but I mean, or like, but I'm more of a dispatch person. Or and we all love each other and we're all going to be touring together soon, soon i can't so wait to like, that i'll, yeah, I'll yeah, be at be multiple shows the, well listen be crazy. yo listen uh, that 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 right there yo you're in new york i'm in philly he's when he comes to new york for because he comes to work all the time we got to get in a room and we need to evaluate where dave is so far we need to have like i need help evaluating the, the we'll bring him into the studio and and exactly. where, where everyone it's like going to play hockey like at that thing it was every exposed man <laughs> like everyone's looking it's like oh shit Exactly. I didn't know this was gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> that this is completely like ruining the the flow of the conversation. But I I did have to tell you before uh, we let you go back. Uh, it was actually two things. So my dad doesn't fly, and I got five siblings. And my mom's side of the family's from New Jersey, so I've spent a ton of time in Atlantic City. Um, in my life, they they're like forty. They're in Tom's River, uh, Little League World Series champs and everything. Oh yeah. And yep. uh, we were driving out. This was probably in 2003 ish and this was back when cds were a thing and i had to wander it was one of my favorite albums and i was like 15 years old and i would ride shotgun with my dad and i would just start rifling different cds in you know um and there i remember it like it was yesterday he goes get the shit off get the shit off put the oars back on i'm like what what the oars he's like yeah crazy game of poker like play like those guys are good like play them i'm like it's oar and yes they're (laughs) awesome Yes, yes, I'll take that shit, man. I, I thought you were gonna say, and we saw you on the street in a car, and you were a total dick. And no, no, like, oh, shit. no. Well, well, then fast forward. Oh, this is a great later, story. Great. Uh, you guys are playing Freak Fest in Madison, Wisconsin. This would have been 2008 or so. Oh my god, yeah. And my birthday is the day before Halloween, so I would, and all yeah. my like best high school friends went to University of Wisconsin, so I'd go up there all the time because it's such a shit show. And I went to college in the Chicago area, small school, so I didn't have like the Big Ten, huge party scene atmosphere. And um, I was, I got completely hammered out of my skull, and I lost all my friends, and I didn't have a ticket to your guys' show. I somehow got in, 
and I came to out of a blackout on my, I think it was my 20, it was either my 21st or 22nd birthday. And I am smack dab front row of the stage and I'm staring at you. And I'm just, I start looking around like, where in the fuck is everybody? And I just watched the concert alone. So, dude, so my perspective of that night, that was like three in the morning, right? We played it like it was three in late. the morning. It was like, yes, yes. So, yes. Or, or two, it was like two to three. It in was the morning. very late. The next day, we're supposed to play in the Bahamas. And we don't, you know, so we get, we play till three in the morning. We get on a plane at fucking four in the morning. Two hours and 50 minutes later, we land in uh, the Bahamas. Nice we take like a, a, take a boat, take a this, get da, 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 to this thing. And we end up playing a show with uh, fucking, what's the band like? Hope it gives you hell. Na, 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 all American Reviews. Yeah, yeah, all American yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so we're that's doing what, a show. That's with- actually what my dad is probably telling me to get off the radio and put the oars back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I'm, I'm into the rejects, but I'm really an oars guy. Uh, and we get there, and we're playing on this fucking island, and I didn't bring any clothes, and I'm in doing the show for VH1 or something, and I'm wearing the same goddamn black jeans, black shirt, black outfit, but and it's four thousand degrees, and I haven't slept. So you're you blacked out. You came out of a blackout. I went into a blackout, <laughs> and by the, I woke up in the Bahamas in my jeans on the beach somewhere. The palest dude you've ever seen, ever. <laughs> And I'm just sitting there like sweating, just like, oh, my God. And they're like, ready? Action. I mean, I just remember those days of like we had no control over anything. We didn't know what we were doing. And then someone would put a camera in your face and then you, and, and it's just trying to like navigate through that shit. It's very similar to you trying to navigate your way to the front row. That hey, show. I just stayed there. I'm like, I don't need anybody here. I'm enjoying this. So yeah. So we were all lost together and that's Wisconsin's fault. Cause that, that Halloween shit there is out of control. It's out of control. Completely. I couldn't have gone to a school like that. No, I would have died. I probably would have yeah. died. I would have died or yeah. I would have failed out within a week. Yeah, we're lucky we had a crew of people to make sure we did not die. That's oh, by, by the way, I'm a Michigan fan. So I just, when you said that you're an Ohio State fan, legitimately, you, you looked on the camera. I was just like this. So, And let way, me tell you that I feel that hate because we played a show at Ohio State at our whole own school against Michigan. And they threw beers at our, our own fans threw beers at us just because, you know, it's like that shit is wild on both sides. You know, <laughs> all things that I am fans of have to be like a violent fan base. Like, it seems like I'm either like, yeah. It's Michigan or it's Philadelphia, like one of the two. So, Mark, this has been a fucking pleasure, dude. I really can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, I can't wait to have you chop it up and work with Dave to see whether or not we can turn him into what he wants to become. Uh, uh, Dave, anything else you want to say? I'm I'm just thanks, man. Appreciate all you do. Uh, thanks for getting back to me so easily and just hopping on with us. It's honestly like like for me dealing with like like agents and, and managers. It's it sucks you don't understand how much it means to us. Um, it just, yeah, and like I so said, cool, Barstool as a whole, Colin and I, so thank you and keep spitting out good music. Can't wait till I saw you guys just dropped you. Colin said you released that. Uh, uh, what was the song? Chasing sunlight. Yeah. Chasing. Yeah. Sunlight. They've been putting, they've been, they've been putting, um, we've been lucky, man. We, we have a lot of these songs back in the day when you put out an album, target would say, Hey, give us two extra songs and we'll the fucking put tracks. them on a thing. Yeah, and Walmart would say, give me two extra. And then you're doing Best Buy and all this fucking shit. Then you have all these songs and you could never put them out officially. But now Spotify is digging this stuff up. It sounds great. They're putting them out on Fridays and it's killer because now Mm -hmm. these are 
the lost lost dogs you know like pearl jam i think had lost dogs and yeah. like we're enjoying that we got the new music the new new stuff is going to be coming out and yeah. and it's going to be really fun man it's a whole exciting journey of we're trying to make songs for people to just like if you say imagine you're driving and you're partying a little bit and you're just like you got those windows down and you're just in it, man, and you're ready to live again. Like that's what this music is the for. The world you know? needs it, dude. The world needs OAR yeah, right now. Like seriously, that, that's a real statement right there. Thank you, guys. You've been you've been so nice. I really appreciate all the time. All right, so that was our interview with our new best friend, Mark Robert from OAR. Dave, me and you got off that call and instantaneously we were just like, that might be the coolest motherfucker. Dude, he he is one of the most genuinely good dudes I've ever spoken to. There's not a mean bone in that guy's body. And typically I like assholes mm-hmm. like like the not like Kenny. No pun intended. Yeah, like Kenny. Like exactly, Kenny. <laughs> exactly like Kenny. Face. Like you as soon as he face? came on, I was like, this is one of my guys. I like this guy. He's yeah, an 100%. asshole. 100 uh, percent. But yeah. like Marker Bears, like it is so fucking true, authentic, just good dude. And he's would, a rock star. I would love to like meet him because he's going to be a part of the team now to to help Dave become a rock star. I would love to meet Mark and then like find out that like it was all an act. Like we come in and he just like kicks a puppy when we walk in. <laughs> I honestly can't see it. People. Like he's I, just I, like I listening to, to Dan in a relationship where I, I like be like Mark, say something. Like call me a dickhead, please. <laughs> like call me a fucking dick. We walk in the studio and he's just wearing like he's dressed like stepdad Terry. Like he's just got on like tactical Oakleys and he's just listening <laughs> yeah. to Kid Rock. So much like a ton don't of make me like him. Yeah. Jesus Christ, bro. He's, Oakley, he is the most un, Rock? he's the most un unlikable dude of Bad. all time. It's, he sounds like impossible. a fucking hardcore motherfucker to me. <laughs> He's the totally, sweetest guy ever. I totally need to see like <laughs> like Marco. I've said this about friends of mine in the past, but like Marco Rivera is just so nice that if he punched my mom in the face, I would ask what my mom did wrong. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Mom, why did Mark punch you? Like, what did you do? <laughs> We do love Mark Robert. We're very happy to have him on stage. Like, just keep your eyes open for more stuff we're going to be doing with Mark. Uh, obviously, helping us uh, welcome Dave onto the fucking face of the uh, music scene. We also have recruited Kenny. Kenny is now a member of the squad as well. Kenny will be his lifestyle slash nicotine coach. So, <laughs> dude, you don't gotta help. You don't gotta help me yet with nicotine at all. I don't ever not have a dip, and I'm so addicted to it. Well, listen, yo, I'll still be your sponsor. Yeah. You, oh, yeah. Have you? And we'll just today? break the rules together. Real quick, uh, Kenny, I want to because now now that we have so many people involved, we, we we ran down the list before we started, but like between Chris Shiflett, between fucking uh, Corey Wong, between Mark Roberge, what do you want your responsibility to be? Like, do you want to do you want to be his guru, like his fucking lifestyle guru? You want to be his fucking spiritual guide? Teach me your way. Yes, and I'm just gonna be so negative all the time, dude. That's Perfect. me. It's like, never gonna work. There's no reason to do it. Just no, be no, that's his life. thing, though, dude. He told us when our the first episode when me and Ken were talking to him, we were like, "Yo, like, so how do we motivate you?" He's like, "I just need to be told I can't do it. Like, tell me I suck. I like spit in my face he and tell to, me I suck." Let's go ahead and you. Google the statistical chances of your success here for a second. <laughs> Zero. Don't even try, motherfucker. Oh my god. But. I, like I was uh you're talking about being negative the whole time. Like I was driving home from Detroit a few weeks back with a buddy and his girlfriend and um the whole way I'd never met her before. And um the whole way he's like, dude, we're, we were just kind of busting each other's balls. I'm like, I don't want to fucking talk to that guy. I hate meeting people. Meeting people's the worst. If I never met it. And we were just and she, and she was like completely blown away by the conversation. 
Cause like it was, it was we're just acting like everything sucks. And guess That's who's perfect. no longer dating? They're no longer dating. Oh, Every boy. time I think about meeting people, I'm just like, yuck, oh, man. Fuck. <laughs> it's exactly who wants to meet you, bro. We should. Ew. Why are we turning you into a rock star? We could turn you into a fucking hermit. We should just have Dave never see the sun again. If dude. I never saw it, like I don't need to go outside anymore. Why would I go outside when I could be inside? Like it, if this pandemic has taught sense. me anything, it's that I don't need anyone <laughs> and at all, at all. I got the dog. That's all the fucking company I need. I got Ken. Ken Ken's Ken, Ken's good enough. I, how do you feel? Nah, exactly. <laughs> Shut up. Uh, yeah. So let's go into our pick of the week. Uh, he's a friend of ours. Uh, our pick of the week is Kenny Carkey. Uh, surprise, surprise. Welcome to the show, Kenny. Uh, Kenny, let's talk about your new what single. What do you want? Fuck <laughs> off, dude. Let's talk about your new single, Kenny. Uh, the thing about us. When did you write it? Oh, fuck. I don't know now. Like, maybe... Uh, I don't even know. September? <laughs> Fucking last fall-ish? See, something like that? Uh, this is, this is like, completely off the rails, because now I just want to be... I was about to just interrupt you in the middle and be like, what the fuck's it about? Tell me right now. As, you, sh- about? as you should be, because, like, <laughs> fuck, man, I got questions myself. What's the song about? Uh, the song is about my sweet dear wife, as I talk about not being a coward. Yeah. <laughs> He's well, okay, so my wife is all, I mean, we've been together for 10 years. I'm a musician professionally. I've never written her a song. She's been bugging me for years to do it. And I'm like, ah, no, that's lame. That's lame. That's that's lame. Yeah. And then somehow I, I just did one. It just came out that way. And now it's her favorite song. So I'm like, I, I, it worked. So you it hit a home a- run? It is a great. Yeah. Oh yeah, I was gonna say like uh, uh, you hit a home run. Obviously, now I'm done being an asshole. I want to get back into like serious column mode here. But I fucking love the song. You actually sent it to me. I was Thank sending you. you. I was sending you demos, and you sent me that back. And the text I was looking to, and the text message I sent back was just "fuck you, dude." That's so good. That's when you know you like you hit it out of the park. <laughs> that's a good compliment. Yeah, that's a good compliment. Uh, from your perspective, because I've been to your studio and I know you've been working a lot. You've been doing a ton of songs. Are you writing more or are you writing less right now than you were previous to the pandemic? I don't know, only because I feel like I'm starting more stuff, mm. but then throwing more shit in the trash. Ah, okay. <laughs> if that makes sense, because like I just I just want to make the best shit that I can. And as soon as I have a song that beats the last one, the last one's out of here. And yeah. like, you know what I mean? Just get it, get it the fuck out of here. And when I go back to songs that I made six months ago and I'm like, fuck, these still are pretty tight. Then you're like, okay, all right, I'll keep that one in the basket, you know? hundred percent. And so like, you've been, you've been releasing steadily over the last year. Like you, you put out kick, kick, kick flipping in Malibu. You put out the EP and now you put this out. Are you like stockpiling more shit? Do you want to do a full solo record or do you want to go in and, and, and save some shit for like either fitness or one of the 80 other fucking things you're doing? I am not one of those incredibly, if you know anything about me, I am the least precious about my art. Right. And that, that said, like, I don't know why would I, I don't know that I would ever want to make a record again or an album again. Cause really it's like, by the time I finish an album, it was like a year in the making or whatever it was. And then as soon as it comes out, I'm feel a different way. And so it's like one song at a time is fine. I don't need to make this fucking, I'm not trying to like create the world's best music. That's not my intention. I'm not trying to make any of the shit. I just trying to make stuff that I think is cool at the time. So I don't know that I'll make a record. There's no shittier feeling than, especially in today's like music industry. And me and Ken talk about this all the time, but like, you do all this lead up to like releasing an EP or an album or a fucking single. And the second you put it out in your own mind, you compartmentalize it to be like, okay, that's done. What's next? Like all right. that time and love that I put into this thing that I made 
The second if it, it hits if you're streaming... If you're going to push two singles off the record, then like all these other songs weren't as good as those two singles, I guess. But it depends. Because like, some people... I mean, listen. Some people do make album art. Some people make incredible albums front to back. Fucking Tame Impala, Squid. So many bands do that. So I'm, I'm all about that. It's just not me. Right. I don't care that much. Yeah. <laughs> it's the thing. And which I which I feel like has helped me a lot because like I used to care a lot because I had all these pressures and all these things that I cared about. And is the fucking fat guy behind the desk in a suit gonna like this fucking song or not? Like I don't fucking care at all. And I it's been a you. really like liberating thing, you know. Kenny, I feel like you're like the the devil on my shoulder. Like everything that I want to say or anything More that I'm feeling. No, you're definitely the devil, bro. He's the devil. I'm He's the devil. I'm glad it's distinct. Hundred percent, you are the. Every devil. time I see, so it's like also, I like I know a lot of these bands, and like they're wearing fucking bell bottoms, and they're fucking whatever the fuck it is, and it's like. You're trying, ew! Like, what are you, <laughs> out of like, my face. Yeah, I was like, look, he's trying. That <laughs> sucks, bro. When when we look at things, like, there's so much shit that I think I have. Like, we're born with such good bullshit meters, being where we're from, and like the things we do. I see like just some shit that like I can't believe, like that you sat around and somebody told you like, okay, for this next era which by the way there's not a word in the music industry now that i hate more than era when people are about to put out like a new record they're like new era starting next week it's like shut the fuck i'm so up. post everything bro so po- dude so postmodern, postmodern. it's fucking crazy modernity is so dead bro uh but yeah i i don't give a fuck and when you listen to this shit go ahead you have something to say no 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 oh uh, he looked at me like you got something to say pussy he's looking at me like he had something to say but no i, I think and i think it comes through in your music too that like you're past the point of worrying about like every little fucking thing, but that's why your music's so much fun because it mm-hmm. sounds like what Kenny sounds like. Like that's I know I, I've known Kenny for a while now, like at least a year, and I've been in the studio with you. I know what your process is like. You don't do things that you don't like. Right. Yeah. And it's yeah. It's like uh, you know I I keep going back to like I'm not trying to like change your fucking life with this music. I'm just trying to have a good time put a smile on your face groove a little bit have a good like it's just something that i like fucking doing and whether you like it or not i don't really fucking care and if it does change your life fucking tight but like it's really for me and not anybody else and whoever else likes it that's cool too you know kenny's only goal with his music he doesn't care if you like it he just wants people to get pregnant though that's it yeah i mean listen that's that's the that's the that's the upper (laughs) echelon goal right that's in this area around here (laughs) the area all right, well, whatever. That's our episode for today. Uh, we're going to play Kenny's new single. Uh, oh, shit. I'm, I fucking totally forgot. We did not check it all. Dave, have you picked up a guitar in the last week? No, I haven't touched it. Uh, <coughs> I, I was hoping you wouldn't ask. I, yeah. You were getting Don't close. Don't guitar until your hot streak ends. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. You can't play the guitar until your hot streak ends. It's bad luck. Maybe. I, True. I mean, Word. I just looked at the Word. fucking USC score, and they're up by 30 right now. It's not even that I'm losing, like winning close games. It's they're blow up, they're blowouts. It's all you, dude. Like it's it, you did it. I broke the system. I broke Vegas. So proud of you, bro. I'm gonna. Hey, you need an investor for your weed farm? You now know. Yes, guy. I got yes, eight thousand entire dollars that I could probably give you. I need one million. So we'll we'll start. So we'll talk. Point eight percent, or not even point oh eight percent of the way there. You're working your way up, man. I'm close. <laughs> I'm at eight thousand there. Just now, now you got to double down on that eight, then the sixteen. You know what I mean? You got to roll it out, man. Just keep doing. It. That's what I'm going to keep doing. Balls to the wall, baby. 
bro keep that until you're homeless that's the only thing you can do here i'm proud of you bro uh yeah so that is episode nine of on the guest list kenny you have to promise that you're like promise us you're gonna come hey, back kenny here. i'm naming you co-host and i'm not kidding like every monday i'm down i'm <laughs> down let's clock fucking off do an it. Hour. let's talk some shit i'm into it that would actually be a lot of fun i was like my kidding. version of max's twitter <laughs> Oh my god! Well, I don't want to get canceled this quickly. Like, oh, no, you, dude, this is a fucking open mic. This is a shit talk all shit talking, play some jams all night, right? Let's we go, better. boys. We gotta you know come to mean, LA. Boys? We have to come to LA and do an episode. In, in we LA. have to. We have oh, to. Dude, I've never, studio. dude. I've been to LA, and I haven't even left the airport. <laughs> I had to lay over there on a way to on the way to Vegas last. Did you get time. lost. No, I've never been. I've never been to Los Angeles, bro. We'll go get you some shrimp tacos and a fucking surf, a land shrimp, a, all this, Yo, a land shrimp. Tri- yeah, <laughs> that's right, bro. This list, you, this list, this should be a segment. Is like five, the next five names on the list. <laughs> Motherfucking land shrimp, baby. All right, uh, thanks to Kenny Carkey. He will be back asap. And uh, thanks to Dave. Thanks to Ken. Uh, thanks to Mark Roberge. And you guys have a great fucking week. Fuck you guys. We love you. Yeah, fuck you too. Three thousand five hundred days ago, I met her at a festival. She wore a camel jacket. She stayed quietly impressed with her new investment, and I became dependent to the tenth end. Motorboat in a Mexican cenote. There's something about us both. How we're floating? Okay, wait a minute. Could we possibly be soulmates? The jelly to my jam. I set it down and rotate. About us, that's the thing about us. We live to laugh and love away. Catastrophe Academy, we fill it to capacity. We give it everything, it's our anatomy. Hey, that's the thing about us, that's the thing about us. We live to laugh and love away. Catastrophe Academy, we fill it to capacity. We give it everything, it's our anatomy. Hey, sprinkle in the season on a springtime European tour, New York City, like goddamn, it's a blood moon. In June to the heartland, a low reception. How about a steak in Vietnam? Nightstand, nightman, everybody's right, man. There's something about us that maybe Mike can throw the bikes onto the front of the bus. We don't need to know. Yeah, that's the thing about us. That's the thing about us. That's the thing about us. We live to laugh and love away. That's the thing about us, that's the thing about us, we live